three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. This is week four. Yeah, it is week four. It's crazy how fast this is moving. Uh, as always, I am one half of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, joining you from the heart of Dallas, Texas. Walker Lott, my fantastic co-host, joins you from College Station, the pride of Aggieland, the home of all things good and pure, a place that I desperately wish that I was still at. Walker Lott, um, a fantastic week in private school football. We're starting to learn more, I think, as is reflected in our pick records. Um, what are your thoughts on the last week of action? Uh, it's a good one. You know, you had the advantage on me uh, this past week, but we're still tied. And uh, that might be the first time in a while that we're all tied after a couple of weeks now. And uh, yeah, but a good week. Uh, you were down. I was down in Houston. You were busy, busy this off this past week. And so now hopefully you're a little not busy which helps all of us. But uh, yeah, great week, man. Uh, great week of college football back. NFL is finally back. We have officially football back. Dude, it's a fantastic time. And yeah, I got slammed the last second. I was going back and watching the episode today and I, it made me cringe and pain whenever I watched myself saying there is, quote, no way I would miss the Grace Brookhill game. I also said, quote, I would drive four hours um, without even thinking about it. Well, grad school happens. I got absolutely <laughs> destroyed with work and realized I would fail out of out of grad school if I did not take this weekend. However, I would like, I would like to take this moment to say um, our interns are fantastic. Yeah. Um, if this happened two years ago, we wouldn't have had any coverage at all on a Friday night. And now with with all the help that we have from everyone contributing, I mean, it it, it we didn't skip a beat. We had games on the main account. We had like three affiliate accounts covering games. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. So I'd like to give a huge shout out to all of our interns. Y'all help us more than we can even know. And it's just such a cool thing to see what this is growing into and how we can continue to bring the community together, you know, through covering private school sports, which is something three years ago, sitting here with you and Ryan, um, I would have never thought would have happened, but it's, it's a fantastic time. That being said, we will move straight into the previously mentioned pick records. Walker went 14 and five last week. I went 16 and three. We are both now tied at 43 and 14 overall. And listen, I think I'd have to go back and check myself, but I think we're starting this year better than we started last year, which, you know, last year we got hammered the first couple of weeks. But, you know, things are starting to settle in soon enough here. We will have enough games with common opponents so we can start to make better judgment but as of now i think we're we're flying pretty high so walker good weeks on both of our parts i have a slight edge your thoughts on how the pick records have stacked up this far yeah i kind of just messed up my lead this past week uh i think twca uh picking grapevine faith and i think um temple christian i think that's what cost to me uh so west ties it back up and uh yeah i mean i think it's it you know, I want the trophy wherever it is in the world. You, of course, lost it. Um, so we will have to find it one day or buy a new one, maybe a bigger one. And uh, <laughs> it will come to me this year. So, I mean, we will see. Uh, I've, I'm just now remembering I never posted my acceptance speech from um from getting the trophy in Waco, wherever Ryan Schroeder had to hand it off to me. And I did the whole acceptance speech. Um, I was very sleep deprived when that happened. And I think that it was just awful. So that might be the reason that the acceptance speech never came out. That might come out on no context at some point. We'll, we'll figure it out. But 
you know, that being said, um, in terms of my record, I'm very, very happy with 16 and three. That's something you usually see, you know, mid season, late season, whenever we're really selling into our grooves, I get a, I pull a 16 and three record out of a week three. I'll, I'll take it six times a week, twice on Sundays. Uh, just fantastic. Um, I think yet again, it shows, we know a little bit of what we're talking about, although not too much as we will get into here shortly, but those are the pick records. We will now move seamlessly into our TXPS media scoreboard recap. So Walker, this is, we got a lot of games to look at here right before um, I get into it yet again, um, to everyone chirping us, if your team didn't make the scoreboard listen, there's a lot of things going on on a Friday night. We are trying to very frantically grab scores from everywhere. So to Mercy Culture Prep and to Kincaid, uh, Nathan Lauren and Ed, I, I promise you, coach, we will have a Kincaid score on the board next year or not next year, hopefully by next week. So we will make sure to get that on next week. I'll make sure to 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 keep reminding everyone in the group message that we at least get a Kincaid score on there. But that being said, Walker in a week of of many um, forfeits and lightning delays and things of that nature, we still have some scores to look at. So outside of the five games on the left that we will recap in our in our picks. Um, what are your thoughts on just kind of the action that went around private school? Yeah, we had a couple early, uh, you know, final scores. Southwest, you know, gets the forfeit. Little Elm Prestonwood, Covenant Temple, and Parish LBJ. They all got uh, ended early because of rain and lightning, uh, you know, which you always hate to see. But uh, Covenant takes a win there. Prestonwood loses. Uh, the Kellen Tasby reunion to his alma mater does not go, not alma mater, Previous school does not go well. Uh, and the parish finally gets a win on the board with a win over Austin LBJ, which is good for them. Um, besides that, um, Ryan was over at uh, Fort Worth All Saints up in Oklahoma. They had a big win over Holland Hall. Uh, other than that, the actual games that kind of intrigued me besides those, uh, Kelly Catholic, after beating St. Pius, another Division One school, and Concordia Lutheran, um, we might be on the lookout to see how Kelly Catholic does this year, you know, beating two division one teams down in Houston. That's a, it's an interesting start for Kelly Catholic. Um, uh, besides that, uh, uh, I will say before you move on, I don't want to interrupt your flow. No, of course. Kelly, Ca Kelly Catholic. I always, I covering the Texas relay is one of my favorite things that I do every year. And Kelly Catholic is always well represented there. So I think some of that speed might finally be translating to the gridiron. And I'm really excited to see if they can keep this up. No, that's definitely uh definitely a good point. Um, other schools, I want to talk about uh Brentland. Brentland gets a big win over San Antonio TMI. Uh, the Dallas First Baptist train does not slow down anytime soon, beating another Division two school, uh, in Austin Hyde Park. Uh, no, that's two teams. Uh, Hyde Park has now lost to two Division four teams, uh, to start the year, which is not never a great thing, but. Um, talking about Taps Division Two, District Four, Kelly Catholic was the only team to get a win this past week with uh, with Second Baptist, Fort Bend, Katie St. John, Lutheran South, and Woodlands Christian all losing. Uh, we'll talk more about the teams of the week, but Lutheran South loses a big one to uh, to Cypress Christian that I was at. Uh, I'll talk about that more in a second, but you know, Casey and John loses second badges for Christian. It it really looks like that second, that district four and D two looks wide open for the taking. Uh, it's going to be interesting the year to see who comes out on top, but um, yeah, uh, good one. Uh, you have any others? Because I would like to talk a little bit more just about Cyprus uh, that game, but if you have any others you want to mention, 
go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to talk about two D4 teams that played each other to start the year and both have have looked good from that matchup. You mentioned First Baptist beating Hyde Park. Uh, First Baptist obviously drummed Brazos Christian in week mm. one. And at that point, we we knew First Baptist was legit, but we didn't really know, okay, is First Baptist just that that good or is Brazos Christian down this year? It's it's very it's becoming very apparent that First Baptist is that good, and Brazos Christian is also still going to be good this year. Brazos Christian gets a fifty to nothing win over Houston, the Village School, and the Village is obviously not great, but a D four team going and doing that to a team in a higher division, even if they're playing a rogue schedule, is, is very impressive. I think Brazos Christian. You know, they've rattled off two really nice wins following that week one debacle. And I think they're going to they're still going to move through D4 and First Baptist, man. I I think they're going to move through this season. I don't I need to go back and look at their schedule. But especially once we get in the district, I don't see a loss on their schedule, especially with Hunter McCoy at quarterback and guys like Dominic Sadu Robbins and Caleb Mitchell and Elijah Kaysen. I mean, that team has so much talent for division four i'm a broken record but it's it's just fantastic to watch but yeah those are the two main ones that i wanted to hit on talking about the cypress christian game against lutheran south uh lutheran south just did not have enough firepower to keep up with the running game of cypress christian that will be their strength the passing game is a little rough just on that day i don't know how it is overall but just rough on the day but uh, when you have a combination of john kelly and brody johnson and warren hayduck uh, running the ball, uh, that is disgusting. Um, we'll talk about John Kelly, of course, first. This is my first time seeing him live. Uh, the Cypher product, who uh, who had all this offers, all this hype coming into the season, going to Cypress Christian, you wanted to see how he looked. And um, and I think 20 carries, he had 254 yards and three touchdowns. Um, that if, if I had to give a player of the week, he would probably be one of the nominees, man. He had a fantastic game and it's, it was honestly really impressive because it felt like he only had a hundred yards rushing. That's how good it was. It was just like, it was effortless. It didn't feel like it was that much, but he was just dominating. Um, and only doing that in a court two quarter, a half and like a couple of drives. Um, impressive. Um, a couple other guys I wanted to shout out for them. Uh, you know, the offensive line with, uh, you know, led by four-year starter, uh, Zeke Hogan and, uh, the defensive line led by Andrew Owen and, uh, the guy in the middle, uh, Jacob Rauch, uh, the guy who is going to be a, one of the best interior defensive linemen knows tackle prospects in TXBS this year. He's quick for his size and is shifty. For a guy like that, he's good with his hands. I was very, very came away very impressed with him, especially him and Andrew Owen. Owen had a PBU. Zeke Owen led the offensive line, and they they look good, man. The, the trenches are always good for Cypress Christian. They're always well coached with you know Coach Hogan at the helm. He knows how to coach the lines of scrimmage. A uh, guy who also kind of wanted to shout out was Maximus Supley. Um, he was a guy I thought was a senior, and I was like, okay, he looks like a good prospect, had a good game. He's a junior, and a guy like that at 6'3", 205, uh, off the edge was very, very impressive, and he's going to be one to watch come, come in the next two years is a guy like that much talent is is in Division Three will be a key piece for this team, and I'm excited to watch how he goes. Tucker Goodall, C.J. Willis, the transfer uh, and then I want to talk about Warren Hayduck. Warren Hayduck is going to be one of the best uh, running backs in uh, Division Three, and he looked good today. You know, when John Kelly uh needs a breather, or anything like that, having a guy like him to come in and just dominate, and he was a great player for them last year. Was a great running back, and having him as a second back is is going to be scary. 
Owen Wishkani, Alex Kissimus, uh, Birdie Johnson, the punter that we know, but also a great player, a uh, versatile player that they have. And I, you know, a question we asked before the season was, okay, who's going to be the quarterback for uh for Cypress Christian after Maxwell Landrum left? It's going to be J.D. Potts, who uh, I'm not going to say he had a great day with three interceptions on the day, but I do think they have they have a lot of talent, and I think it's this that was just kind of an off day for them. So I'm excited to see how they progress on the the uh, the passing side of things. But I mean, with the rushing tactic they have, there's he's not going to be able to do. I, I wouldn't think he would want to be doing too much when you have a guy like John Kelly that just tossed the ball to. So uh, Cypress Christian looks really good, real well-coded, well-disciplined, beats a Division II team. And, um, yeah, I, I would say they're probably my favorites in the SB, uh, Haps Division Three coming out of the South. A little shout-out to a couple guys on Lutheran South. I really, really like uh, Braden Robinson, the 2026 DB athlete that they have over there. I think he's a really impressive player. I think he's going to be one to watch in Houston in the, as an underclassman. Wesley Wesley Willingham was not playing. He had an Achilles injury. Uh, and, yeah, uh, he had an Achilles injury, but he should be back hopefully in time for district. That's what he was telling me. Jalen Bess, uh, got, he was very impressive. David Streeter. And um, that's really it. I want to shout out those guys. Uh, but they have a couple guys, man. Uh, I, I, I was talking to some of them, like, with how you know taps the division two district four has looked, um, it could be anyone, and and it's going to be crazy, man. It's really, really going to be crazy in that district. So I'm excited to see how it all pan, pans out. So, uh, good game, great environment. Thank you so much to Cypress Christian for uh, having me out. It was awesome, and yeah, that's really much it. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. Cypress is definitely going to be my pick as of now to win the South. And then it'll be interesting to see if they can keep it within a few touchdowns of, of D.C. at State. But it'll be it'll be interesting nonetheless. Moving on into our five games of the week from last week that we will recap. We will start with Fort Bend Christian Academy versus Houston St. John's. St. John's improves to 2-1 and one as they drum the Eagles of Fort Bend 35-15. to 15. Senior standout Stephen Gill throws for 240 yards and three touchdowns downs, two of which are caught by sophomore Owen Almy, and one of them goes to junior Owen Sherrill. Star running back Cole Allen continues his junior tear, going for 213 yards and two tutties on the ground. An eye-popping stat for Fort Bend is junior defensive end Max Granville gets 91 receiving yards on only three catches. Um, listen, like we were talking before we started recording about um, about Bobby Petrino's mantra, FTS, feed the studs. That's clearly what Fort Bend's doing with, with Granville. Uh, Granville is that athletic, and even though he's primarily a defensive end, they're like, listen, we're kind of stuck in a rut here. Um, we need to get our playmakers the ball, and they're doing that with Max Granville. But the story of this game is definitely St. John's. Uh, Stephen Gill, we've been raving about since since last year and the year before. I mean, he's just proving to be one of the best quarterbacks in the division. And with guys like... Well, I was going to say guys like Will Hoffreck and Michael Murphy, but the guys here that stepped up were some of the role players and Owen Sherrill, Owen Sherrill and Owen Almy. So if if St. John's has enough receiving talent that you can't just key in on Hoffreck and Murphy, I think that's going to that's going to lead to some real success for them, especially uh, when you have a guy like Cole Allen running the ball. Like they're so dynamic, they're so they're so deep across the board. Uh, it's going to make for a really interesting team going forward. Walker, you got any thoughts on the matchup? Nah, it's going to be interesting to see how St. John's keeps going up. You know, they have a lot of talent, they have a lot of game uh, experience. A lot of those guys have played a lot of games, and I think a good test 
as the second Baptist team that they're going to play this week. You know, since probably St. Thomas, this is going to be their second best test. Uh, they have a good defense, a lot of great players they're going to have to face on that offense. And you know how it is. Um, the And also it's a good test because, you know, Turner Murdoch is not at the helm anymore. So how does that defense play against a new quarterback and all of that? But um, I, I really like the St. John's team. We'll talk a little bit more about it later, but we moved them into our top 10 of the all overall private school rankings for a reason after two big wins showing their offensive fire uh, firepower that they have. On the other side, man, Fortin, uh, we knew they were going to be struggling just with a lot of talent, but I think we really forgot how much losing a quarterback who started there for at least three years, multiple receivers over the years, and a couple of key pieces of the defense will be for this team. Um, it, it, you know, they have the star power when, you know, Tennessee commit Bennett Warren, uh, new running back transfer from Katie, Bennett, Mac Granville, but a lot, you know, pieces don't win you games, teams win you games. And so they just are not the same team as they once were. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a struggle for Fort Ben, but, I mean, if anyone could do it, it's a team led by Jordan Black. So, I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if, you know, more uh, success comes away soon, but it might just be a year where they're going to have to grow and learn from this. And, uh, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Fort Ben responds to the struggles they've had so early the rest of the year. Yeah, like I said last week, Fort Ben started very slow last year and went on to win a Division II state championship. I don't know if that's going to be in the cards this year, but there's still plenty of time for this team to turn it around. And listen, we're not even in district play yet. There, There's time. Everyone calm down. Let's just see what happens moving forward. But that being said, we will move into the second game to recap. This is Grapevine Faith versus Episcopal School of Dallas. And ESD wins in dominant fashion here with a 37 to nothing skunk of red hot grapevine faith. In a shortened game, Jake Jerky goes for five total touchdowns, three through the air, and two on the ground before the game was called in the second half due to lightning. So, Walker, shortened game, not a whole lot of stats and news to go off of, but Jake Jerky looks good. And this is an interesting game. Faith was red hot coming into this game. They were looking like it was making me nervous because I thought they were going to end up being the favorite to win D2 Division II. But ESD kind of kind of knocks them down a peg. Like I said, you can't extrapolate a whole lot always from these games in non-district because ESD obviously has a lot more talent than Faith with the exception of Clayton Sebecki. But what are your thoughts on ESD winning in just dominant fashion here? Yeah, I mean, that's a big win for ESD. And it's going to be impressive to see, you know, I, I it's also crazy, right? Because if you do the transit to property, right? I'm going to do it here. Thank uh, ESD got skunked by Liberty, right? Uh, like a couple weeks ago, like no, last week, and then Faith gets skunked by ESD, and Faith, you know who they're playing this week is Liberty. So how bad is that game gonna go, um, for Grapevine Faith? And so, uh, I, I'm just shocked. You know, you didn't get Wagner or Sebeki even a score or a field goal to put him in the field goal range. That's how uh, dominant ESD was. So big, big win for them. Jer Jerky is back from injury. Jerky was injured in the second quarter last week against Liberty Argyle, and he bounced back big this week. And so I, I'm impressed, man. I think Jerky is the dude, man, and we, we've we said it since the offseason. It's going to be all exciting to see how ESD uh, looks this year and, you know, with how open uh, SPC4 is this year. They could be using a lot of this, ex lot of this experience to uh, win games. Uh, this, Of course, that's what they want to do. So um, 
I don't know where I'm going with it, man. But yeah, big, big win for ESD. Absolutely. will be interesting to follow both of those teams, especially, um, especially faith with that, with that matchup on the horizon, but moving on, we have the Woodlands Christian Academy versus St. Pius out of Houston. The Panthers defense accounts for two touchdowns and a 35 to 19 win over TWCA Cameron Brown snags a pick six and Jake Ionzo has a scoop and score as a stout effort propels St. Pius to a win in this one behind two touchdowns from Braxton Bryles and a hundred yards rushing from Joshua Mitchell. The Panthers seem to capitalize on a very well-rounded effort in this one. So Walker St. Pius, a team who has, who has struggled a little bit relative to the, to the prominent past they've had in private school, but it seems like they're starting the season out, out on a, on a good note, especially with a win over TWCA who also started out very strong. Uh, what do you think the implications are of St. Pius getting a big win over TWCA in this one? Yeah, I would love to know. Uh, I don't want to give anything away from St. Pius, but I would love to know if the injuries from TWCA in the last game kept going into this one. I don't know. I was never, we were never updated to see if they were still playing or not. So if you are any, anyone from TWSA hit, hit the DMS and let us know how your team is looking right now uh, with all the injuries, but a uh, big list for St. Pius. That's a big, big win uh, against a Houston foe and sets them up nicely to go into a uh, district. And I, I mean, St. Pius has a lot of uh, things going their way and Braxton buys uh, the, the court, the new transfer from Bridgeland. Uh, looks maybe like to be the guy for them for the next couple of years. They've always had a good quarterback, and he might be the next one to kind of rain, uh, kind of win them some games with a lot of F, a lot of other athletes that they have. So I'm excited, man. It's always good when St. Pius is good. So hopefully they're they're headed back in the right direction. I agree with you. It'll be incredibly interesting to watch going forward. But next game that we have to recap is Episcopal versus Second Baptist. Big performances behind Carson Gordon, B.J. Thomas, Braylon Thompson, and Garen Sampson propel the Knights over the Eagles 42 to zip. The Eagles defense and offense, for that matter, had no answer for this Episcopal onslaught, which has overwhelmed every team it has played up to this point. Braylon Thompson is so much more than just a defensive back. He's a viable receiver and a return man as well, apparently, as he houses a punt in this one as well. He might be the closest thing that Texas private school football has to a Travis Hunter. I mean, he he really just does everything. But Walker, I mean, I mentioned all of the usual suspects, Carson Gordon, BJ Thomas, Braylon Thompson, Garen Sampson. EHS is is that team and the best team in private school right now this year. I mean, they go out and they just absolutely whack a second Baptist team that has a lot of talent on it. What are your thoughts on the Knights? Just keep on rolling. Uh, man. Wow. Uh. Yeah, uh, EHS is looking like the best team in private school this year. And even though, you know, you don't have Turner Murdoch at the helm for e- uh, for Second Baptist, uh, you, that that should not happen. Uh, you have a good amount of running backs. You have a lot of talent. You have J.D. Crisp. Um, wow, that's a that's a statement win. That, that honestly might be more of a – I mean, not really, but, like, that might be a bigger statement win than the Parrish one where, like, Parrish, like – that's a big win, but backing that up with a 42-0 win over a Houston Power uh, kind of sets them on notice, man. And uh, I- I'd be scared if if, uh, if I was in SBC four this year because the you know they lost in a rough way last year and they haven't forgot it, and they are looking stronger than ever this year. So big win for them. Second Baptist definitely not the 
uh, with uh, Canon Tunes first start, I'm guessing. Uh, that is not how you wanted it to go. So uh, St. John's uh, comes into town for Second Baptist, or no, they go to St. John's this year. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how Second Baptist uh, goes with that one. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting one. So um, I, I think so. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 a lot of interesting landscape being formed down in Houston, but I am all here for it. It's going to make for a really exciting season. Moving into the last game that we will recap, my personal favorite, Grace Community versus Bullard Brook Hill. Grace gets a huge rivalry win and a Piney Woods nail biter, 23 to 19. Brook Hill led this one 23 to 19 heading into the fourth quarter and pretty deep into it as well as I was sweating bullets while trying to type out my finance sector report. Zach Davis ultimately found loss in Livingston with a 28 yard touchdown strike to pull away with seven and a half minutes remaining. Aiden Heck and Ryan Welch also contributed to the Cougars receiving totals where Grant Turner added 100 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Nick Boone led the defensive effort with seven tackles for the Cougs. And Jonah McCown and Xavier Kendrick were impressive in the loss with 265 yards passing and 157 yards receiving and a touchdown, respectively. Um, I think that's going to be a big problem for D3 is Jonah McCown throwing to Xavier Kendrick. I mentioned it since Kendrick was a sophomore. He is just, he is a ball player. That kid goes up, catches balls, and just takes him into the end zone. It doesn't matter how many guys try to tackle him. He's very good. And like I said, with a quarterback like Jonah McCowan throwing to him in D3, I mean, outside of teams like D.C. and Cypress maybe, I think they're going to have a lot of success. I think Brook Hill is, is poised very well. Also, Grant Turner, this might be a little bit before your time, but there's a guy named Alvin Skipworth that graduated, and he was class of 2020. So he played, I don't know how many years that was, was before you, but Grant Turner, if you're listening to this, go watch film of Alvin Skipworth. Um, I, I think y'all are, y'all are almost the same player. And that is a high, high compliment because Skippy was one of the best and most electric dynamic players I've ever played with uh, similar build and the exact same electricity. All that to say, uh, Grant Turner, like I mentioned on the last episode, one of the most underrated recruits in the state and just keeps proving it time and time again. Just watch a Grace game, watch his film. I guarantee you, you will be very impressed coming away with it. Walker, I'll take a step back off my soapbox. Uh, Grace beats Brook Hill in this one. Your thoughts on the implications? I won't say much because I think you nailed it pretty heavily. Uh, they, my pick on Grace scared me because uh, <laughs> you, you went down to the wire to kind of win that game. So that scared me with, I was not getting updates because Wes was working on his thing. And then he would text me, they're losing. Oh, they well, they scored. They're losing again. And then I'd be like, all right, well, there it goes. And then he finally was like, oh, yeah, they won, by the way. Like, And so shout out to Grace. Good win for them. But, man, y'all scared me. Yeah, it was scary. I will say as an aside, I um I I bought the um I guess Huddle has a live streaming thing now. They acquired yeah, saw Blue that. Frame. Because I remember we watched because I went to Blue Frame to try to buy the game because that's how we did it last year, I remember. And then I saw Blue Frame didn't exist, so I had to go to Huddle to buy the game who acquired Blue Frame. Anyways, I'm watching the game and listen, I understand that that um that high school broadcasts aren't professional grade and you know they're there it's just kind of it, it's amateur stuff this might have been the worst broadcast i've ever listened to in my life i think it should be it should be taught in in dad broadcasting school not to scream at the referee from the press box with a live mic an inch and a half away from your face i, I don't know it was it, it it was bad all that to say i bought the 
even though I didn't make it to the game, I was watching the game. I had about half my attention on it, the other half on my work I was finishing up. Huge win for Grace. I'm eyeing, I have my eyes on the Grace Grapevine Faith game. I'm going to try to get to that to make up for lost time. But big win for Grace Community in a rivalry spot. So all that being said, that'll conclude our game recaps for this week. We will now move into our other news segment, starting with one of our personal favorite segments, Will DC and Parish Cover. So Dallas Christian last week, did they cover versus Tolar? Yes, in a big way. They absolutely drummed uh, 2A state finalist Tolar. This week, they are 28 and a half point favorites with Bishop Lynch traveling to Mesquite. Um, ooh, it's a big number. Walker Lot, I think they they might have covered that number last year. They they drummed Lynch, if I remember. I don't know if it was by that much. Anyways, Lynch getting 28 and a half points playing DC. Do you think DC covers that spread? I don't know. Uh, you're putting it to me first, huh? That's that's a very good point of view. Um, let's look at last year. I'm pulling it up right now. I will say I I do have they my, lost my decision up. Okay, thirty four fourteen. Uh, Bishop Lynch lost last year. Um, so I think that co- they covered that then. Um, I'm gonna say no. I'm going to say no. I think this Bishop Lynch team is better than last year's Bishop Lynch team. God's will is average, I think, like 100 yards a game so far. Um, and, I, you know, they have dump truck high over there and guys like that in the defensive line. But um, I think God's will is going to get his. So give me, give me, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I um, I'm also very high on this Lynch team. This Lynch team is one, I won't give away my game preview, but they're much older. They're much better this year. Um. And I just think 28 and a half points is disrespectful. I think, again, I'm not going to give away my pick. I'll wait until we get there. But I don't think 28 and a half points is, is a lot of points in a D3 versus D1 matchup. So I'm going to say no. Uh, we will now move on to does Parish cover. Last week, they did not cover, although they did beat Austin LBJ in a 26 to 12 win, which was very, very impressive for them. This week, they are seven and a half point dogs against South Oak Cliff. Uh, I, I will, I will, again, the spreads this, this early in the season, this isn't really Parrish's fault, but this early in the season, the spreads are still a little bit wonky. Um, but I, I, um, no, I think South Oak Cliff wins more, uh, wins by more than seven and a half points. Parrish is going to be fine this year, but South Oak Cliff is, is South Oak Cliff. So I'm going to say Parrish does not cover seven and a half points versus South Oak Cliff. There's a, there's a part of me that wants to do it. Like, I, I one second let me let me i'm gonna dive deep a little bit let's let's go on a journey um how was it bad okay it was as bad last year and they beat lancaster this year shout out Cohen lacy nebraska commit former nolan viking for lancaster um all right then i'll say it's because the link south oak cliff plays the hardest non-district schedule i've ever seen they play Duncanville, Lancaster, DeSoto, the Parish. Like, that Ooh. is back-to-back. Shout out to Oak Cliff, man. Um, but, uh, man, I was trying to see, like, are they worse games this year? But they're not. Um, it's, it's it's pretty much the same. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't think they cover that. I, I'm going to give my win to the Sock this year. Uh, Sock does not have as much talent as they did last year. Uh, so, Parish might have a chance this year. I, don't, I really don't know. Uh, I don't know much about the Sock team this year, but... 
Um, Sock is probably a top five team in TEPS or UIL 5AD1, so, um, or UIL 5AD2. So um, I'm going to give the win to Sock, and I'll give them this, uh, the cover to Sock. Yeah, yeah, that, that does make sense. I think this might be the first time that we picked both teams not to cover. Um, I don't know if we did that in the past few weeks, but this segment has taken a dramatic shift from last year whenever it was an absolute no-brainer cheat code, where it's just, do, do they both cover? Yes, and I think we'll get back to that point once we get to them both playing um, divisional teams again. But we will see. Moving forward into our Texas private school media rankings for week four, not a whole lot of shakeup, but we will get into it now. Starting off with number one, Episcopal Bel Air. At number two, we have Liberty Christian Argyle. At number three, we have Parish Episcopal. At number four, we have Plano Prestonwood. At number five, we have Houston St. Thomas. At number six, we have Fort Worth All Saints. At number seven, we have Austin Regents. At number eight, we have Dallas Christian. Number nine, Dallas First Baptist. And rounding out the top 10, the newcomer into the rankings, Houston St. John. So, Walker, like I said, a lot of the same from last week. Only real shift is we drop Second Baptist out of the rankings after that shellacking, and we move St. John's in after some really impressive performances through the first three weeks. Anything to comment on the rankings? No, I, I, I mean, I really, I really like the Second Baptist team, but I, you just, you can't keep them in there after that loss. And I think St. John's firepower on offense has been very, very impressive. So, um, yeah, I think they deserve to be in the top ten. So, I, besides that, I think everything stayed the same, of course, from last year. Uh, last week so yeah good absolutely yeah i think so too not a whole lot to comment on but i'm sure it will do some more shifting here in the coming weeks that being said we will move into our next segment which is again the brainchild of walker lot the segment we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on so we will obviously continue to do texas private school players in college so walker lot we got about seven names on the list here go ahead and tell us how txps kids stacked up at the next level yeah, uh, I wasn't. I didn't have enough time to really, really dive deep and look around because uh, I had a project yesterday. But um, I saw a former uh, Prestonwood star, Luke McGarry, got his first ever touchdown at the Division One level. He, as a true freshman, started at tight end for Tulsa and one catch for 15 yards for a touchdown. And I just watched it. It was a pretty good touchdown. So uh, Dylan Bell also had a great game there for Georgia as a starting player for them. And he actually rushed the ball three times and he's bringing his old Kincaid days back to the back to the thing as a running back. Uh, three rushes, 28 yards, and a touchdown with also two catches at 16. They're using him very versatile, which I love to see. Dylan Bell's an amazing athlete, and shout-out to him. Again, touchdown of the week. Carson Rogers at uh, Texas Westland, our former uh, coach at the uh, QB camp, 26 of 37, 306, and four touchdowns on the day uh, for, to make Texas Westland 2-0 to start the year. Uh, Sean Holton, the he's a repeater. Uh Dylan, Carson, and uh, Sean are all repeats from last week and also the next guy. Uh, but 10 tackles and a loss to UT- UTSA. Uh, the the player from Nolan Catholic now at uh, – was that incarnate word? Now at uh, Texas State. And the former Bishop Lynch uh, linebacker, Grayson Murphy, gets five tackles, four solo, and one tackle for loss in their win. Uh, UCLA's win. I forget who they played. But, uh, yeah, uh, Texas – Carson Rogers went to Houston St. Pi 6, Dylan Bell went to Kincaid, and the former Prestonwood star. So those are the five that we saw this week. If you have any others, please let us know uh, so they can be mentioned. So shout out to those guys. 
Absolutely. Shout out to TXPS at the next level. So that being said, before we move into our five games of the week, we got to talk to you about High Point Science and Apparel. Listen, we're we're broken records on this. Um, the merch that we have, which we love, our apparel line is fantastic. And High Point made it so much easier than we could have even imagined. You look at a project like starting your own merch line, your own apparel line, and you think, how can this ever get done? Well, with High Point Science and Apparel, it was ridiculously easy. Seriously, the guys over there, you, we just give them like a concept of what we want. Obviously, we designed it, but they make the process so smooth walking through that. Listen, they don't miss deadlines. They provide exceptional customer service. They will meet or beat any price. And they create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel or they can be profit centers. Listen, they're fantastic. We love everything that we've gotten from them. And they're just so easy to work with. Walker Lot, I know they do signs as well. What do you have to say about High Point Signs and Apparel? Yeah, they absolutely do. And, you know, they just started doing all the signs for the new Texas A&M football facility, which is awesome to see. Uh, it's exceptional work. Um, and, yeah, High Point has been amazing for us, and we will continue to use them as, you know, as much as they want us to use them. Uh, so it's been awesome for the collaboration that we've had. They're great people. And uh, please go check them out. Like I said last year, last episode, if you have any needs for signs for your football season or other sports or any playoff shirts down the line, definitely go reach out to them. They're easy to use and their their illustrators and graphic designers are fantastic to work with. And they gave so much insight on the collaboration uh, after we gave them the inspiration. So it was awesome to work with them. So please check out High Point Signs and Apparel. Absolutely. The link to all of their websites and information will be in the show notes as well as anywhere else you want to find them. That is High Point Science and Apparel. Stick it in Google. Go talk to them. I guarantee you, you will not be disappointed. So thank you to High Point Science and Apparel for sponsoring this episode. Now, Walker, we move into what is undoubtedly my favorite part of every week, the five games of the week that we will preview and give picks on whether they are correct or not. Starting off, with St. Paul at Magnolia Legacy Prep. St. Paul is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite in this one, and two hot Division Three, Division Four teams will face off this Friday as Legacy Prep will travel to Shiner to take on traditional power St. Paul. Legacy Prep comes into the contest undefeated through three contests behind solid play from senior quarterback Wyatt Davis. Davis has plenty of weapons at his disposal, including wide receivers Kyle Prazak and Clint Rackle, who each went over 100 yards behind five touchdowns from Davis in their win over Rose Hill. The Lion defense has also proven stout this far, averaging, sorry, allowing only 13 points per game. Well, I guess averaging would have been the right word there, too. Even behind new head man Mike Jackson, the Cardinals still hold the battle-tested philosophy of pounding the rock. They upset TMI this way behind 428 yards on the ground, averaging nearly seven yards per carry. Listen, this game is going to be a clash of styles. And in a game where information is limited on both squads, I'm going to have to side with what I've seen work for as long as I've been covering ball. China or St. Paul, I think it's the win here. Um, I, I really, really like their culture and their philosophy. And Legacy Prep's going to be good this year. I just think that 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 culture gives St. Paul a slight edge in this one. Give me, give me China or St. Paul. You'd love to see that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm feeling. Uh I 428 yards on the ground is disgusting, but then you know what's crazy? Did you see the game that happened with uh Will Hamo 
Will Hammond at a huddle versus Liberty Hill where uh, Liberty Hill had 800 yards on the ground or whatever, 700. That's crazy. Anyways, not the point. Um, I'll go with you. I think I'll go Shiner St. Paul in this one too. Legacy Prep has been a solid team, and I'm excited to see it. Kyle Prazak and Wyatt Davis have been really good for the couple years. Kyle Brazek back at home is awesome to see. Um, yeah, I, I think this Magnolia Legacy Prep team can cause some damage in their division. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with the one that I know more tested. And you, the offense that they run is so weird over there at Shiner. Not weird. It's just you don't see it every day. And yeah. so um, I, I think that's going to play a toll into this game. So give me, give me Shiner St. Paul. That will be an interesting one, but we will move on into Second Baptist at Houston St. John's. There is no spread for this game. It seems like there's always a game every week where there's no spreads. Also, I should have mentioned this off rip. Um, I can't believe I have to say this, but yet again, we are not the guys that make the spreads. We have nothing to do with making spreads. Do not come chirp me if if you're upset, if you, if you cover, or if you, some team has a huge spread against you and you win. We don't make the spreads. We get it from Massey ratings. You, can't, you can chirp us if we pick against you, but you can't chirp us about the spreads. That being oh. said, two Houston foes will do battle this Friday evening in a cross-conference matchup featuring Second Baptist and the Mavericks of St. John's. Second Baptist comes into the matchup one and two, fresh off of an emasculation at the hands of Episcopal Houston. However, the Eagles looked much more competent in their first two, dominating St. Pius and losing a close one to D1 power Preston Wood. Athletes J.D. Crisp and Cannon Toon will be the catalyst of this Eagles team on Friday. St. John's is 2-1 coming off of weed whackings of Houston Christian and Fort Bend Christian Academy. Senior quarterback Stephen Gill is having a heck of a start, and his receivers, Hoffrecht, Murphy, and Almy, are making it really easy for him. Add in Cole Allen, and that tips the scale to make me pick St. John's in this one. I think the Mavs are legit this year, and I think they handle business. It'll be a shootout, but St. John's is built for it. Yeah, uh, I'm not going to go... Against that logic, I'm going to go St. John's in this one, too. I think uh, I, I, I need to see – this might be the game that I see it from, but I need to see proof that the, you know, Canyon 2 and a quarterback can work. And I think he's one of the most underrated guys. I've said it forever. I think he's going to be a baller in, as an underclassman down in Houston. But, you know, he, he got kind of put into a bad situation uh, this year where he didn't expect to start. And, you know, uh, now he is, and it, it's going to be hard for him to kind of learn and adapt. and. He's had really tough games to start that uh, with Bel Air and Prestonwood. And this is another game uh, where it could be a little difficult for him. But I think it, he comes into play and comes into his own more this game. I think he really gets to find it himself this game. But I just think it's going to be too much. And I think the offensive firepower for St. John's where uh, Stephen Gill is on the money right now. Give me St. John's. But uh, I also think Cole Allen is going to go off this game. And I need you to, Cole. I, I, I always I miss having a sensational Cole Allen game. And I feel like this could be the one. So uh, please reward me in coming to, well, since I am coming to this game and uh, in a Cole Allen masterclass. I think you will probably see that. I think whenever we pop out, Cole Allen plays his best. I still remember week one last year against St. Thomas, Cole Allen going up and probably grabbing the most impressive catch I've ever seen live. Um, Cole Allen does his best when the lights are the brightest. And I think we will see that here Friday, but Moving forward, we have a Houston on Austin matchup. Austin Regents at 
Houston St. Thomas. St. Thomas is a 13 and a half point favorite. Two undefeated squads will face off in a Houston-Austin matchup this Friday as Regents drives up to St. Thomas in a star-studded display. Quarterback Dante Lewis has led an elite Eagles offense, which is averaging 50 points per game, and wide receiver Luke Edgecombe is making a case for the best wide out in the state. Speaking of elite quarterback wide receiver duos, Regents has a pretty good one of their own. Sophomore quarterback Quinn Murphy is one of the top rated in the nation, and senior wide receiver Hudson Powell is making a name for himself with a recent TCU PWO offer. Listen, for me, this game is going to rely heavily on if Johan Cardenas is ready to go. And with the information that I have available to me, I'm going to have to take Regents in this spot, not just because of their offense, but I think Wilburn and that defense are going to show up ready to knock heads. Now, listen, I think Tyler Day and everyone on that St. Thomas defense, Michael Anthony Acora, all of them are going to be nasty. I, I just don't know. I, I like taking – I always fall back on the safety blanket of of what teams traditionally have, have been elite. And Regents, Regents just has that culture, man. Not to say that St. Thomas doesn't. Rich McGuire has done a fantastic job of building that program. But I think Regents is going to have the edge here. I think it's going to be razor thin margin of victory, but I'm going to have to take Regents. This is a good hard one. This is, this is probably the hardest one we've had so far um, this season. This is a so much fun matchup. I'm so excited. They've decided to play this one this year. I'm so excited to be down there. Uh, I couldn't miss this forever um, for anything, but um. I will go. I'm gonna believe in Johan Cardenas, and I'm gonna go St. Thomas in this one. Uh, I I I think I'm gonna. I think I have to do it. I I just I I feel like Dante Lewis is gonna have an edge to him this game, and he's just gonna go off. And especially if he has Johan maybe 100 finally back week four, I think he's able to. The one thing that scares me, and he's gonna come back to bite me is Hudson Powell. There is not a man on that corner position for St. Thomas that really matches up well with Hudson Powell's size. Um, That's what scares me. And if they expose St. Thomas in that way, I could definitely see that happening. You're going to see a lot probably of Aaron Valentine, the safety, the six, three safety probably combat him. Um, If I, I personally, if I, if I was a coach, I would personally do that. Um, but man, if they get hit, if they get it to him, uh, it could be a nightmare for uh, St. Thomas really quickly. But um, Quinn Murphy also, you know, this is one of the, you know, great environments to play in. And it is one of the, it's going to be probably one of the best environments he'll ever play in. St. Thomas is rowdy. It's a good time. And uh, yeah, give me St. Thomas in this one. I think the Johan Dante, you know, collaboration in this game is going to be too much, but um, I could definitely see Regents, uh, you know, coming to play. This this is going to be a one of the best games I think of this year. Um, it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. To that point, some of the clips I've seen of Dante through three weeks. Oh my good lord, that dude is ridiculous. He just yeah. he does he doesn't get tackled. I mean, if you you can have three guys in in contain, two guys coming around and a guy coming at him, and he'll make his way out of it and either scramble for a gain or find an open receiver. He's just he's filthy. There's so much talent on that St. Thomas squad, and now I just can't believe that I picked against them. Yeah, I just saw that they threw him out. <laughs> oh, sorry. Were you going to say that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, my fantasy team's getting hammered because Josh Allen can't can't find Stephon. And, and, 
and and it was going to digs too. Uh, whatever. I think I still have enough to win, but that's not what I wanted to see. Anyways, all that being said, going to be a fantastic matchup in uh, in Houston on Friday. Moving back to the Metroplex of DFW, we'll have Fort Worth All Saints taking on Preston Wood this Friday. Fort Worth All Saints is a one and a half point favorite. So undefeated All Saints will travel across I-30 to take on one and two. Preston Wood, All Saints looks the part this season, thanks in large part due to Virginia Tech commit Keldon Ryan. Ryan has proved an elite prospect, and numerous clips of his running and passing ability have surfaced on Twitter already. Factoring in elite athletes like Reed Watkins, Kevin and Dougie Daughter, and Darius Colquat, I think All Saints cruises in this spot. Kellen Tasby and Takashi Shaw and Jack Harwell, they'll all do well here, but I think All Saints wins comfortably. I mean, I, I'm really high on this All Saints team. I've seen both these teams in person. I, I think this is I think this is an All Saints win, and I don't think there's much more to say about it. Yeah. Uh I you know, we talk a lot about this Liberty team, but Kelton Ryan, man, is the real deal. And uh yeah, I, I'm really I'm really happy with how this uh, team looks, man. Uh DK over there too, the defensive end that came in from I believe Grapevine, uh is a big uh big menace to society as as a as an edge rusher. Um he was a guy that uh, Ryan said really stood out to him. Um, Dougie Daughter is officially back and playing for the for the Saints. Uh, the wide receiver Q, whatever his name is, I think they call him Q over there. Uh, six five wide receiver Reed Watkins, etc. I mean, this team looks really good, man. Um, I'm excited to see how they do. The offensive line for uh, All Saints looks impressive with Osini Bothwell with number seventy four in the middle. Uh, you know, they have talent on that offensive line and I'm excited to see how they do. But I think, I think Prestonwood comes into their own. I think it's not going to be a slouch of a game. I don't think it's going to be a, you know, like a disaster game. And I think the offensive line for pair or for all since is going to have their money's worth with Harwell and LaPerry. So it's, it's going to be a good one. I think Tasby has a good game, but yeah, give me a with all saints here. Yeah, that'll be uh that'll be a good matchup of its own. That'll be a really good test to tell us if Preston Wood has bounced back from that week one debacle um against Liberty. But it's they got a they have a fantastic test here in the form of All Saints to prove it. But that being said, we will move into our final game to preview for this week, and one I am excited to be at live and on site. Bishop Lynch at Dallas Christian in Mesquite. Dallas Christian is a 28.5-point favorite in this one, as previously mentioned in our spread segment. Legend Howell and the Friars will travel to Luke Carney and the Disciples of Mike Wheeler this Friday in a D1 versus D3 matchup. Bishop Lynch is poised to be a contender in D1 this season. Sophomore quarterback legend Howell has done a lot of growing up and is settling in as a leader of this squad. Godswill Giadolor is also one of the hardest runners I've seen to date and will give Porter Nix and this D.C. defense a handful. Add in senior wide receiver P.J. Washington to the mix and you've got a recipe for electricity in Mesquite. Ooh, Flipping bar. over to the other side, bar. D.C. is D.C., but better? Maybe. I said following the scrimmage that D.C. looked as good as Parrish and All Saints, and they proved it last week against 2A state finalist Tolar, holding them to six points. Luke Harney having Purdue commit Will Nettles at his disposal should be illegal in D3. Both guys are college-ready athletes, and along with Jaden Davis in the backfield, they will be ready to rock. Accounting for Caden and Jatori Crawl as well, and you have me sold on the Chargers this Friday. 
Last time I went into Wheeler Field, I picked against Dallas Christian and got burned, and I'm sure as heck not ending up on a TikTok again this year. Give me the Chargers. Uh, again, I don't know about 28 and a half points, but DC wins this game. Yeah, uh, very good. Uh, and I'll, uh, you know, you you write these up and you do this so well presented, and it's hard not to argue. Uh, hard to argue with you, man. <laughs> Um, so with that, you know, with the great advice that you just gave me, I'm going to go DC as well, DC, you can't beat them. You can't, you can, you can't pick against them until, you know, you see with your own two eyes that they lost and, you know, I haven't seen them lose. And so give me, give me, uh, give me DC in this one, man. Uh, yeah. Luke Carney had a fantastic game last week. He had 420 yards through the air with three touchdowns and 33 rushing. So basically 450 yards of total offense. Um, what a game by Luke Harden. Shout out to him, man. But uh, yeah, having him, Will Nettles, Jaden Davis, the Crawl Brothers. I mean, what more do you want? And uh, the Taylor, right? The 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 wide receiver for um, them had a sensational game as well. Cole Burke on site for us last week uh, talked a lot about how he really, really was impressed with DeCorus Taylor, uh, the slot wide receiver. So having him as well, I mean, what more do you want for DC? So give me DC, but... I really think uh, uh, God's will, Giadorlor and company really compete in this one. So it's going to be a good one. I'm excited for you to be out there, man. It's going to be a good one. Absolutely. We will actually have three generations of of Tolleson, or I guess Jolie, my mom's side at the game. Uh, there will be me, my mom, and my grandmother will all be there because my mom and my grandmother live in uh, in Sunnyvale and are very familiar with a Dallas Christian. I was like, hey, y'all want to come out to a game? And they both they both love football. They loved watching me play. My, they're very familiar with D.C. because I played D.C. So they're like, yeah, let's go watch the game. So if you see a... If you see Mama Tolleson or Grandma Tolleson, um, I don't. You wouldn't recognize them, but please treat them kindly. I know how uh, how raucous Dallas Christian fans can be. I don't think you would. <laughs> and so, if 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 you're going, if y'all cover the spread, direct the anger towards me, not my mother and eighty two year old grandmother. Please, that's all I ask. But that being said, that that's all in good fun. Obviously, uh, Dallas Christian is one of my favorite places to go to and cover a D three for a D three school and really. For any school in the state, the amount of passion that fan base has is awesome. And plus, uh, we said it before, I think they might be the biggest uh, consumer of our content, one of the most engaging fan bases. So it's it makes you feel like a little bit of celebrity, like walking walking into D.C. and like having a bunch of people like talk to you. Like I said, I um I oftentimes forget that people actually watch this stuff and like listen to what we say. And then I'm I'm reminded on Friday nights when I get chirped for my picks. But Listen, that, all that to say, um, I feel like I say this like every other episode, but I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity everyone, that everyone watching has given us to do this um, on a regular basis. Uh, I, I, we both, we all love football. Uh, to get to cover it in this manner and have support from everyone, it's it's a dream come true. So genuine thank you for everyone that makes this possible. Uh, Walker Lot, we we come to the end of another week's preview. The time just keeps flying by. Any any closing thoughts on this week? No, I think that's really it, man. It's uh, thank you so much for lo- allowing us to do this. It's so much fun. I get to go to two games again for a, a week because um, I haven't been doing that since last year. So it's gonna be fun to watch Thursday and Friday game. Um, great ones and yeah just special thanks to everyone who's watching this it's a lot of fun special thanks to everyone who bought our apparel line uh the store is officially closed but hopefully y'all like your stuff hopefully we're gonna we're gonna continue to do this but man it's been awesome uh so special thanks to everyone it's, it's this is always exciting time doing what we do
Absolutely. So with all that being said, as always, I have been one half of your hosting crew, West Hollison. Walker Lott has fantastically been himself. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one. Here we go.